0: The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, T.J. Reeves. Yes, ring the bell. We are back for another weekend and another edition of the Big Fight Weekend podcast. I am merely, your somewhat capable, but very lucid, very eager host for all of the fight cards that are going to be going on this weekend and all throughout August as boxing begins to reemerge after the COVID-19 pandemic. Glad that you were with us. And however you found this show, whether it was a social media link on the web postings on BigFightWeekend.com, make sure you subscribe because we're going to be coming much more frequently with Big Fight Weekend podcasts. You can find this on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. So if you're not subscribing already, do so already because ding, ding. The notification bell will come right onto your phone whenever there is a new one, primarily when we're headed into the weekends now and previewing what's going on. To that end... We've got some different things uh, happening with Premier Boxing Champions, and and in fact, twofold here. Coming up in a couple of moments, we're going to hear from the man that is headlining the upcoming uh, re-debut of PBC on Fox. Premier Boxing Champions uh, broadcasting on Fox Sports Saturday night, Microsoft Theater in Los Angeles, downtown L.A., no fans present because of the COVID-19 uh, lockdown and the health concerns everywhere. So this is the new normal for boxing. We've been watching it already with Top Rank and their shows in Las Vegas. Uh, the fights uh, over in England uh, with Queensberry Promotions, Frank Warren and uh, and BT Sport out of their studio. Fights in Mexico out of the TV Azteca Studios. Uh, again, Eddie Hearn's got his matchroom boxing fight camp that is going on. Uh, this weekend on Friday night, depending on when you're hearing us. And then it airs for two more weekends at the matchroom headquarters out in the backyard of that estate and those headquarters. So. Uh, different locations, and DeZone has been uh, already on the air with a fight card uh, at the Fantasy Springs Resort in Indio, California. No fans. Virgil Ortiz headlined there. And now they've got another fight card coming next weekend in Tulsa, Oklahoma, so we're going to be talking about that. So no fans. And anyway, Jamal James, 26-1 welterweight contender, will headline for PBC in this Fox Sports show. This is a delayed fight from back in April. Uh, Jamal Shango James out of Minneapolis was supposed to fight in front of the home crowd in April fight delayed uh, now by some four months they will finally have it in LA you're going to hear from him in a couple of moments uh, about what this is like and, and looking forward uh, to these upcoming fights all right also with me not this weekend but next weekend on the PBC show on Showtime and they they debuted last weekend premier boxing Champions and Showtime premium cable that was an Angelo Leo uh, W WBO junior featherweight title win uh, as he was victorious uh, that night over fill-in fighter Tremaine Williams. Williams was supposed to fight another fighter on the undercard uh, because Stephen Fulton tested positive for COVID-19. Fulton, an unbeaten junior featherweight contender out of Philadelphia, a couple days before the fight, Comes up positive for COVID nineteen, so he's out. Tremaine Williams was in. Angelo Leo dominated. That was the main event for PBC's Showtime return at the Mohegan Sun Casino in Connecticut. Well, they're going to fight again next weekend on Saturday night, the fifteenth. David Benavides is the headlining fighter. WBC super middleweight title defense, one hundred sixty-eight pound title defense for Benavides. That's the headline fight. On the undercard, Otto Valine. A big Swedish heavyweight, 20 and one with 13 KOs. You know that name from having fought Tyson Fury last fall. Uh, Fury suffering a very nasty cut early on in that fight, and, and Valine able to hang in and force Fury to scrap and go the distance. Now uh, Valine uh, gets gets ready to uh, be back on a card coming up um here as a uh, as a heavyweight on the undercard for PBC on Showtime and he would love to get back into the heavyweight mix. We'll talk to him about what he's been up to during the pandemic, about his opponent that's coming up. His opponent's even tested positive previously back in March. Uh, Travis Kaufman uh, is his name. He tested positive for COVID-19. He's a heavyweight contender under the Premier Boxing Champion's umbrella out of Reading, Pennsylvania. So we'll talk to uh, Valine about that matchup, about the weirdness of fighting with no fans. Hear from Otto Valine with us in a few minutes. And then we save uh, the even uh, better for last. I won't say the best. Maybe it is the best for last, as we'll do a little roundtable discussion with the senior fight uh, writer from Big Fight Weekend, Marquise Johns. Love Marquise and his insight on the website on BigFightWeekend.com. And Keith Eidick, senior writer of BoxingScene.com. Great boxing insider, great reporter and columnist. Love his takes. Keith will be here. We'll be talking uh, about controversy uh, involving a couple of different things. One of them, Carl Frampton, uh, the former Unified Featherweight World Champion in Ireland, one of Ireland's uh, favorite personalities, great, uh, great fighter out of the U.K., He's in need of an opponent for his show coming next weekend. Not this weekend, but next weekend. Uh, Keith will explain more about that, and he got an interview with Carl Frampton on Thursday. Uh, We're also going to talk about Cecilia Bracus, who is the women's undisputed uh, world welterweight champ. And she is about to go for a 26th, 2 6 26 consecutive title defense of her world welterweight championship, which is incredible in and of itself. That you can stay, and we'll talk about this with Keith and with Marquise, that you could stay at the same weight as she has for basically a decade and repeatedly defend this title. But we'll have the debate about is Lady Cecilia, as she knows, as she's known, really about to break the Joe Lewis? World heavyweight title men's boxing record of 25 title defenses in a row. That'll be a good debate coming up uh, in the conversation and much more on these PBC shows, et cetera, with Keith Idek Marquise Johns with me as part of the Big Fight Weekend podcast. All right, so much uh, to get to. Again, Otto Valine coming up. First, let's hear from Shango James, Jamal James, who is headlining uh, for PBC in this matchup that is uh, upcoming with Thomas DeLorme, the delayed fight from April. Welterweight your showdown. Yes, they're calling it the WBA interim welterweight title Whatever that's worth. Manny Pacquiao has the biggest belt there. Clearly, James wants to move up and fight bigger fighters. I don't know that he can get in front of Errol Spence anytime soon. Might he be in position to fight Sean Porter, the former WBC champion, uh, who's headlining in a couple of weeks? Could it be the Cuban born Jordanis Ugas? Uh, who's been a PBC headliner, could that be an opponent for Shango James? Those are realistic fights for him. When is Keith Thurman out of my area here in West Central Florida, Clearwater, Florida, when is he fighting again? Might he be an opponent for Jamal James down the road in 2020, late 2020, early 2021? Uh, We know that one time Thurman wants to get back in there. These are the realistic opponents for James. So Delorme, the opponent on Saturday, what's going to happen in that fight? Uh, And I got the opportunity to ask him uh, as this fight is approaching on Saturday night about uh, what this is like right now because he's headed into the modified bubble, if you will, for PBC to get ready to fight in downtown Los Angeles. No fans, uh, multiple COVID-19 tests of all the fighters, everybody in quarantine trying to make sure that nobody spreads the coronavirus to each other. I asked Jamal James, uh, what about the weird backdrop?
1: You know, to be honest, it ain't been too bad, man. Uh, you got to be, uh, you know, we're, we're quarantined on certain floors and, you know, we're urged to, you know, kind of stay in the rooms and stuff, except for when we got to set our designated times to train and eat and stuff like that. But it's really not too bad, man. You know, I'm glad, I'm just glad, to be honest, I'm glad to have the opportunity. I'm glad to be getting back in the ring. Like I said before, man, a lot of people are out of work. It's hard for a lot of people out there. So for me to be able to get this opportunity and and be able to provide for my family a little bit after this bout, you know, is truly a blessing.
0: And for Jamal Shango James, it's going to be unusual, just like it has been for all these other fighters. He was supposed to fight again in Minneapolis in his hometown at the Armory, the boxing venue that they've developed now for Premier Boxing Champions and these Fox Sports shows uh, in front of hundreds, if not thousands, of his fans in the hometown of Minneapolis. Now there'll be no fans in the Microsoft Theater in downtown L.A., Saturday night, PBC on Fox Show. I asked Shango, Jamal James, about uh, having to step in the ring, how weird, how unusual this is going to be with nobody cheering him on.
1: Yeah, all the time in the gym, man. You ain't got no fans we ain't sparring. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're doing long rounds in the gym, Um Outside, even earlier on, you know, when I first started my pro career, a lot of times, you know, you would fight uh, after main events or something. If you were like a swing bout or something, you have to go on after main events and stuff like that. And there wouldn't be people in the crowd like that. A lot of people be leaving out. So, again, you know, as long as the ring has four corners and the opponent got two arms and two legs with a head, then we're going to get it on, you know, whoever... Whoever's tuning in or whoever is there in person, those those are the people that's definitely going to get their show.
0: Again, James and Delorme, Saturday night, PBC on Fox. That is the main event. A couple of welterweight fights on that card, including a co-feature. Again, Sean Porter will be uh, headlining in two weeks from the very same Microsoft Theater, the former WBC 147-pound champ. Could it be Porter and Shango James, as I was theorizing? Uh, Might it be Ugas? Uh, who's been in the welterweight mix and is a PBC fighter. Might it be Keith Thurman? We'll see. Uh, But if James is impressive, definitely his stock uh, will go up. We've got much more to get to. Still to come, our roundtable with Keith Eidick and Marquise Johns here talking about these PBC fights, the fights overseas, et cetera, the DAZN show coming up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, featuring Lady Cecilia. Cecilia Breakus. We're going to talk more about all those subjects later on in the podcast. Straight ahead, though, an interview with a heavyweight contender. I'm looking forward to it right now as part of the Big Fight Weekend podcast. We do continue on, and the countdown is on to the Saturday night showdown August 15th for Regan Sun Casino, the resumption of Premier Boxing Champions and Showtime Premium Cable. On that fight card that will be headlined by David Benavidez's world title defense in the Super Middleweight division is a heavyweight battle between contenders Otto Valin and Travis Kaufman. They will be in a 10-round heavyweight uh, bout there uh, as part of the undercard. And Otto Valin is with me right now on the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. Good to have you. And I know you're excited with the fight getting closer uh, to being back in the ring. How are things? It's great. Thank you for having me on. I'm really
2: excited to get back in the ring. What,
0: ha- what has this been like and what has the toughest part been of these last few months of uncertainty and not being the norm, not being able to train normally, etc., Otto?
2: It's been different, for sure. You know, I've been in New York since October and everything got closed down in March and all the gyms and and restaurants and stuff was closed down. We had a curfew, so it was way different. The gyms are still closed. And for me, I try to pretty much build a gym here in my apartment. That that was what I could do. So I bought some stuff and borrowed some stuff and, and was doing my training here in my apartment for a long time. And actually, I made it work for myself, and it wasn't that bad. So that was different. And then I was training with my trainer, Joey, in Central Park a lot. But now, recently, for the last couple of months, we've had a private gym that we've been able to use. So So everything been very different but we
0: made it work no doubt and for all of us in all walks of life in sports we have taken things for granted and now we're probably less likely at least for a little while auto to take them for granted like being able to train at a gym and not at the apartment or not be out at central park i saw some of the social media videos of you doing this outside and many fighters have had to do this go somewhere because the gyms are closed and Uh, Whether it's chop wood or get your workout in in a park or wherever you can go, that's what they've had to do. Um, When last we saw you in the ring, it was almost a year ago, with Tyson Fury. I know you get asked about this a lot. Coming off of that experience, what have you learned coming out of that fight that you can apply moving forward, including this fight with Kaufman? What did you
2: learn from being out there with Fury? I think I learned a lot from the Fury fight. I think the biggest thing I need right now is experience. And, you know, getting the experience from going 12 rounds with the best heavyweight in the world, that's that's the best thing you can do, of course, if you're in my my shoes. So that experience was really good. And there's a lot of things to take from that fight. And some things I do good, some things I can improve on. And I just try to get better all the time. But all in all, I think the, the whole experience was great for me
0: voice of Otto Valin again he and Travis Kaufman heavyweight 10 round showdown coming at the uh, Mohegan Sun Casino without fans it's the Showtime Championship Boxing Premier Boxing Champions card for Saturday night August 15th that is upcoming all right you've probably gotten this question several times you won't know it for sure until you get in there but what do, you, what do you think this is going to be like? You've seen other fighters and fight cards with no fans there. What do you think this is going to be like? It's going to be different for sure.
2: I mean, I never fought without a crowd before. I'm not really sure. It's probably going to feel like a sparring session a little bit. But I know there's a lot of stake, Even though there's no fans, I, I really need to get the win. It's an important fight for me. You know, to show myself and show that it wasn't a fluke with fury and most importantly, just get the win. So it's, it's going to be very important, but for sure it's going to be different with no spectators. And I'm not really sure what to expect, but as long as I have my trainer there, I'll be
0: fine. A lot of, of fighters feed off the crowd, feed off the energy, feed off of if I score a big punch, the crowd is going to roar. That's non-existent. Now you almost have to be quiet in the corner. Your corner people have to be quiet because the other corner can hear the strategy. It has definitely been odd watching this. Have you had to laugh a couple of times that, man, this is the new boxing right now in 2020 while we deal with COVID-19, right? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, who would have thought this?
2: It's it's almost unbelievable, but I'm happy that boxing is back and us fighters get the opportunity, you know, uh, go to work and make some money and do what we do best. So happy, happy about that. Uh, but it's it is a little crazy when you can hear you almost hear everything the corner says. The even your corner or the other corner, so we're probably gonna be ready for each other.
0: I wish I wish Joey
2: you know, could speak some Swedish, cause then
0: Kaufman couldn't hear what we were saying. <laughs> exactly, and you could speak at a louder volume, and you could have the have the code. Uh, that it actually benefits yeah. some of the fighters that speak other languages, Spanish, et cetera, that they can talk on. with that it's a good tip. For sure, yeah. Otto Valen is here, 20 and 1, 13 KOs. He is part of the Showtime Championship boxing card uh, that is coming through Premier Boxing Champions Saturday night, August 15th, the resumption of the sport through PBC. And we uh, we have him for a few more moments here talking with us. All right, so Travis Kaufman, big, imposing PBC fighter. Uh, from Reading, Pennsylvania. Travis also b- battled COVID-19 early on, back in March. Has recovered from that. I don't expect you to go into a lot of strategy with me, but when you look at Travis Kaufman, just size up what the challenge is here for this fight, Otto.
2: I think that Kaufman is a tough guy. He can come forward. He likes to mix it up, and he can also box. But I think I think he's a good. I mean, good fighter. He's not great. He's capable, not sensational, like we used to say. But I think that he's a he's a solid guy, solid opponent. And I have to be myself at all times and be be alert at all times. But I do think I'm the, I'm the, I know I'm the younger guy. I'm more fresh. I'm hungry. And all in all, I think I'm a better fighter than him. So I think I can take care of business.
0: So if you and I know your corner would get mad at me and your people would get mad at me, but if you do take care of business, you're never supposed to look beyond the next fight. I get it. If you do can't take care of business, who would you like to be in front of? Best case scenario, how soon would you want to try to fight again if it goes well in 2020? Uh, what is the game plan right now coming out of this fight if you're victorious and you expect to be victorious?
2: Yeah, first and foremost, you know, I need to get this win and focus on Kaufman. But after this, yes, I want to fight another time this year. And uh, doesn't really matter so much for me against who, because I haven't been able to to be active this last few years. I had some bad luck. So before the Fury fight, I only had one round in 18 months, and then it's almost been another year now since I fought Fury. So uh, it's very important for me to be busy, fight Kaufman now and then hopefully get back before the end of the year against somebody and just try to position myself so I can get another big shot at one of the big guys.
0: And I know you're thrilled. Say something here about being part of Premier Boxing Champions and and part of Showtime Championship Boxing. They have quite a legacy, quite a brand for over 30 years with Showtime Championship Boxing to be part of their card uh, here on the second card on the resumption. That's a neat thing. This is a good opportunity, right?
2: Definitely. It's a, it's a very good opportunity, and I'm happy for it. I'm thankful for Showtime and Dimitri Salira, my promoter, and my team, and everybody that's involved. And it's time for me now to show that they do they do the right thing, that's supporting me, and staying in my corner. So hopefully I can come out there, show, show some improvements, and, and put on a good show. And so they want me on soon again.
0: Well, we're looking forward to that from Otto Ballin. Again, 20-1, 13 KOs, was last in there with, Ty- with Tyson Fury. Took him the distance uh, back late uh, last year. Now he'll fight Travis Kaufman, fellow heavyweight out of Reading, Pennsylvania. We look forward to that fight on the undercard of Benavides Angulo on the Showtime Championship boxing card on Saturday night, August 15th, Mohegan Sun uh, Casino and Arena in Connecticut. Otto, great to talk to you good luck with the training and in the coming days here before this battle we appreciate the time on the big fight weekend podcast thank you sir good luck thank you very much man we're back on big fight weekend now here's your host T.J. reeves We do roll on. It is the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. Another reminder, subscribe away on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. Find us through the website as well and our social media, bigfightweekend.com. Follow us, conveniently enough, at Big Fight Weekend uh, as well. Let me welcome in a couple of more voices here to kick around a couple of topics involving PBC fights that are going on, as well as fights overseas, uh, etc. Marquise John, Senior Writer, BigFightWeekend.com, Week Sauce Radio, how you feeling? Pretty good, TJ.
3: Great to have fights more than just one card all over the place again. It's great
0: to be back. Yeah, it's great to be talking about a lot of different ones, and the senior writer from BoxingScene.com is Keith Idick, who is uh, willing to come back on with us. I don't know what we did uh, to please him (laughs) enough to return the call and and jump back on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. We bow to you, even though you cannot see us. We're like uh, Wayne's World. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. We're bowing to you. How are you? I, I, I appreciate you guys having me on. How are you guys doing? I'm well. Uh, we are hanging in, and like Marquis said, hallelujah. We have multiple fight cards going different directions. Let's begin with an item uh, that you wrote about on boxing scene at the time that we are taping. That a an upcoming card, uh, over in England through Queensbury Promotions and BT Sports. Uh, Carl Frampton, the former junior featherweight unified world champ, the former featherweight a unified world champ, is in need of an opponent. So let's begin with a little of the news item on Thursday as we're taping this, that you've got a big-time fighter who's got to find somebody to fight, and, and what's the issue with the opponent, and what's the situation as we know it about a week out?
4: Uh, well at the moment, they're still looking for an opponent for Carl Frampton. They, they will get someone because they want Carl Frampton to get a fight before he goes on uh, to fight the winner, assuming he wins, to fight the winner of the Jamel Herring jonathan akendo fight on september 5th so they will get someone for him i don't know necessarily that it'll be someone uh better or worse than varam bardanian i believe his name is pronounced very uh, nice Armenian we'll go with that very nice bravo sure. bravo we're applauding <laughs> <in the background. laughs> who's very argue nice. with us if
0: i'm wrong who's arguing? <laughs> <laughs> the little um, latvian we'll <laughs> also go with the little uh, but, latvian
4: but, uh, but um relatively untested and carl frampton was expected to win that fight rather easily but uh, they're just trying to get Carl Frampton some rounds. He has not fought since November 30th. Uh, they just don't want him to go into a big fight against Jamel Herring again, assuming they both win with that type of rust. So uh, the, the interesting thing, guys, is you know Carl Frampton, if you remember, right around this time last August, <laughs> was sitting in a hotel lobby in Philadelphia and had some sort of structure in a hotel lobby fall on his hand, which was resting on a, his hand, was resting on a table, the 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 structure fell on his hand and fractured his hand in multiple places. And uh, I guess Lucas is just not meant to be for
0: Carl Frampton. Wow. How about that? I remember that story because it was like a concrete uh, pillar, not so big that it couldn't <laughs> be moved or toppled over. And, a, and an employee, I believe, of the hotel, as the story goes, came walking past it, bumped it, and knocked it on my man's right. hand. I mean, there's bizarre injury, right. and then there's that. Uh, for Frampton. About so yeah, uh, yeah. So they're trying the to f- they're trying to find him an opponent, and of course, Herring has had Marquise Johns not one but two situations with positive COVID nineteen tests. They're trying now for a third time to have his WBO junior lightweight title defense with Jonathan Okindo. Uh, that is scheduled for about a month from now when we're taping uh, in Las Vegas. And you've been around Jamel Herring as well. Both of you have, but Marquise, you've been around him as well. Uh, he is itching for the big payday, and and a win over Okendo would get him a lucrative payday. So it would appear with Frampton, Marquise, follow up real quick.
3: Absolutely, TJ. It seems like this 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 process to get to a uh, Herring Frampton has just been riddled with injuries, plagues, and setbacks. COVID nineteen, withstanding, and Herring on his end has had back to back uh cancellations on, during these bubble shows on for Topper, which has actually been a big blow during these shows for Onerean because he's a I mean event in terms of t- t- defending his title. So we'll see how that looks with him facing a Kendall who was probably about as much competition as uh hearing his face as the opponent he has last for his last mandatory Lamont Roach, who ironically was the guy that beat O'Kendall to challenge herring last uh, November. It's funny guys with we a week to go for Carl Frampton and they found a guy that we have no idea about. I'm sure there's a guy overseas in Ireland who has a great record of, I'm sure, you know, 58 fight wins or, a uh, uh, 48 fight veteran, you know, who will probably stay in for about four or five rounds for uh, Carl Frampton at some point.
0: Yeah, try to help him. In. And, and uh, Mick Conlon, Michael Conlon is on that card as well in the UK. And that's next weekend at the time that we're taping. Uh, let's bring this back to the return of premier boxing champions, which debuted last weekend on Showtime in Connecticut at the Mohegan Sun Casino. Uh, that main event won by Angelo Leo. Angelo Leo winning the WBO. Junior featherweight championship at an easy 12-round decision against a last-minute replacement. Here we go with the theme again, a fighter's testing positive for COVID or uh, injury. Stephen Fulton, a Philadelphia fighter, was supposed to be in that main event with Leo. He tested positive for COVID-19, couldn't fight. Tremaine Williams, a Connecticut uh, fighter, unbeaten, stepped in. He, had, he was supposed to be in the co-feature. He stepped into the main event. Leo dominated him. Keith, an opinion first, then Marquise, I want you. What do we make of that Leo win, what he was supposed to do? And how intrigued are we now that we saw Leo again to have Fulton fight him later this fall at some point, sometime in the next few months? We think that fight's going to happen. What about it, Keith, first?
4: Well, you know, Tremaine Williams got off to a very strong start in that fight in the first couple of rounds. He really couldn't miss Angelo Leo with his straight left hand. Uh, Leo, to his credit, made defensive adjustments and just brutalized Tremaine Williams to the body. Before the fight, Tremaine Williams had said that he knew that that was something that he had to take away from Angelo Leo Because it's one of his greatest strengths, he was unable to do that. An impressive win for Leo. I I think, you know, if he fought the elite 122 pounders, I I not I wouldn't favor him to win. But that was an impressive win, particularly in the way that that fight started. Um, I would favor Stephen Fulton when they eventually fight, and that's not quite a done deal yet. I mean, they they want the fight to happen within 180 days of, of last Saturday that they've petitioned the wbo for they think they will get uh, that sanction from the wbo but that has not happened yet so it's possible that the fight won't happen next but it should but that just probably means from the sanctioning organization's perspective it won't
0: <laughs> always something in boxing Marquise, a thought on leo's win and the prospects of fulton who's an unbeaten philly fighter wanting the opportunity
3: absolutely Dude, to piggyback what keith said now co-sign with him as well uh, mighty midget showed up pretty good the first opening few rounds of this fight and uh then, then from there, Leo just took over, and he, he Leo does what he does when just attacking the body and just breaks fighters down over the course of a fight. He did the same thing similar when, ironically, when, I was, when you keep in Atlanta on the uh, Davis Gamboa undercard doing the same uh, uh, process as well. I'm really looking forward the fight that really should have happened was the one with him in fault and that's the one I still want to see personally but if you're telling me that the WBO is going to step in and it may or may not happen we'll just wait and see
0: <laughs> why would they I mean they've got Fulton ranked number one or they did why would they not want that to happen but then again as Keith said it's boxing it's the boxing organizations I need to correct you Marquise it's the mighty midget uh, Tremaine Williams I heard him <laughs> on the Zoom interview somebody referred to him actually and said hey aren't you the you like the nickname mighty midget and he said no the mighty midget As if somebody else <laughs> has mighty midget as the nickname and he has to be the mighty midget so maybe we'll see more from the ohio state, the university. Ohio state university uh the one the only uh, all right so we move along you hear marquise johns you can follow him at Week sauce radio uh, here off of big fight weekend senior writer idick boxing is where you find keith idick of BoxingScene.com. senior writer does a great job as a news breaker information guy great uh perspective on the sport we love him Uh, for that. All right, so we were on the conference call uh, again at the time that we're taping in advance of Saturday night's return for Premier Boxing Champions on Fox Sports for this matchup uh, between Jamal Shango James and Thomas DeLorme. That is a delayed welterweight contender fight from the COVID-19 pandemic. It was supposed to happen back in April in Minneapolis. It is now some, what, four months later going to be in Los Angeles in the empty Microsoft Theater Uh, Keith, what are your impressions about this fight? James, it's a big opportunity from where I sit. What are your impressions, real quick, about Jamal James headlining on Fox Saturday night?
4: A great opportunity for both fighters. I mean, uh, the title obviously is BS. There's no reason why this should be for an interim WBA welterweight title. It's completely unnecessary. But it's a very good fight between two evenly matched fighters. I, I, I really would not be surprised if either guy won. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the fight on Saturday night. You know, they've they both lost to our Dennis Ugas. Uh, but beyond that, you know, uh, the, both guys ha- have, well, DeLorme has fought a higher level of opposition because he's fought Terrence Crawford, of course, more than anything. But, um, you know, he's about 30 years old. James is a couple of years older. Big opportunity for both guys to put them in the mix to fight for legitimate welterweight titles. And, uh, again, it's an evenly matched fight and should be pretty competitive and pretty entertaining.
0: Yeah, and Marquise, to you, I talked to, to uh, Jamal and got to ask him a question about how weird is it going to be to be out there without any fans, Microsoft Theater, we've seen this now, numerous, the top-ranked bubble, uh, the BT Sport Fights in London, uh, as well as last weekend on, on the PBC on Showtime in the empty arenas. It, it will be different, it will be odd, but this is a real opportunity for James Uh, In the PBC mix where they've got a lot of the welterweights, whether that be the champion, uh, Errol Spence, whether that be Sean Porter, who's going to fight PBC on Fox in a couple of weeks, Keith Thurman's name lurking out there, some other welterweights, James can really help himself uh, on this fight Saturday night.
3: Absolutely, TJ. And this is a classic crossroads fight for uh, James and Delorme at 147. As Keith mentioned, this for the classic WBA interim slot, wherever you feel like a title. Uh, At least it's not regular, I suppose. (laughs) Don't don't get Keith
0: started on the WBA belts, because then he's going to eventually end up with Gervonta Davis and Leo Santa Cruz fighting for two different weight divisions belts at the same time, which he's right. It's nuts. But don't get Keith started. Continue. Continue on.
3: Well, they come... Well, TJ, as you well know, they, they come in every time you get a tire rotation, and an oil will change. But nonetheless, this is a great classic <laughs> fight, fight for that. And one thing with James is James is – I've never seen Jamal James in a fight that, he, that action does not happen into it, where he's, his style comes at you. Like his fight last year that was on FS1 against Antonio DeMarco was one of those fights that – if you, if you were to mention people in top 10s, that fight against Jamal James, with, with Marco was one of them somewhere on that list. So this is going to be interesting for those guys. I like the fight itself for those two, and this should be interesting on Fox on Saturday night.
0: Yep, alright, so again, if you're listening to us in the aftermath, you, you may already know, was that a great fight? Was it a dull fight? Was it a bad fight? Uh, we're in the preview mode. We're looking forward to seeing what's going to happen there in Los Angeles. This is the first time that boxing has been back on network TV. It's obviously been on ESPN cable. It was Showtime premium cable, but in terms of network TV, this is the first PBC on Fox, and the first of several. They'll eventually have uh, a Fox pay-per-view with Errol Spence and Danny Garcia speaking at the Unified Welterweight Championship uh, that Errol Spence has uh, coming up. few moments left with Marquise Johns, with Keith Eidek. All right, Cecilia Brakus, uh, who is uh, the uh, Women's World Undisputed uh, champion, she is slated next weekend, not this weekend, but next weekend to be the headlining fight now uh, in the Dazone Matchroom Boxing Show in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Living on Tulsa time. I dared to sing. Uh, Tulsa, <laughs> Oklahoma. Breakus and uh, Kate McCaskill will be fighting. Uh, OK, so uh, Jessica I'm, McCaskill, uh, uh, J- uh, Jessica, excuse me, not Kate, Jessica McCaskill. Thank you for the correction on that. Um, so that fight is the headlining fight on DAZN coming up. The big draw here is uh, Brekus has never lost and she's going for a 26th consecutive title defense, uh, which is obviously an amazing accomplishment. I, I just wonder, I, I want your opinions first and then I'm going to give you a quick read. So uh, Keith, to you first, how big a deal should we make of this if she gets a 26th consecutive title defense and remains unbeaten?
4: Well, she deserves a lot of credit in the sense that she's been a welterweight champion for more than 10 years now. I believe it's 11 years she's been a champion. And to make 26 consecutive defenses of any title is a remarkable accomplishment. The The flip side of it, of course, is that There is not a lot of depth in women's boxing. The talent pool is very shallow. So you'd have to question some of the title defenses she's made against some people who are not really qualified championship challengers by any stretch. And I understand that, you know, Joe Lewis, who's, you know, the legendary Joe Lewis, whose record that she would break if she makes this 26th consecutive defense, you know, fought a couple of, you know, low level fighters during that reign also more than a couple. And, uh, you know, you could you could pick apart his resume as a champion, also, but he's he's Joe Lewis for God's sake, right? So have that
0: out much more. I remember, <laughs> he hey, I remember as a little out. guy reading the books about him, and it was known as the Bum of the Month Club, right? He fought several right, exactly. bad right, fighters, right? I, right? Yes, but,
4: right, and so so I'm not saying that he didn't get some some gimmies along the way during those 25 defenses and at other points in his career but he's one of the best fighters to ever live. So he's going to get the benefit of the doubt that Cecilia Brakis might not get. I, I'm not trying to pick apart Brakis. he's one of the best fighters pound for pound in women's boxing. If she beats Jessica McCaskill, which I expect that she will, she'll fight the winner of the uh, Katie Taylor Delphine pursuit fight. It, Taylor against Brakis is a huge fight. In yes. Uh, the biggest mm-hmm. women's boxing, you know, match that you could make it particularly overseas um so it's a big moment for her and I, and i and i don't want to trash her in any way but it she technically will have the record yes can you look at it the same way that you would look at joe lewis's record of heavyweight title defenses i don't think that you can
0: interesting opinion marquise i want your opinion then you can kind of tell which way i'm going to go go ahead marquise
3: uh, pretty much the same lines of, of Keith, actually, when he mentioned what you can question his record and I, that, 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 that competition. And it's funny that the record that Cecilia is going after, of course, is the one that Joe Lewis has. And We all mentioned the bum of the month club. So it, it, it's all fitting all together once you tie it all again with the, with the fight itself. I'm more intrigued, honestly, with that whole fight card. The fact that they're fighting outdoors in Tulsa more yep. than anything else going on downtown. In that yep. So they're, they're dragging the streets, blockaded off. I'm looking forward to seeing that as opposed to the actual event itself. But I, I, I think Cecilia's going to win this fight pretty handily. I, I mean, both these women are up there in age as well. I mean, Cecilia is thirty-eight. I think Jessica McCaslin's thirty-six. This isn't exactly, you know, the the up and coming versus the old uh, fight veteran here. So I'm looking forward to that on that part of it. I'm looking forward also to, that, that this is more of a stay busy fight for her as opposed to as Keith mentioned how he's going eventually bring up that unification bout with a. Uh, Break is in the winner of uh, Taylor, Pierce, Pursun, which is what which this all comes down to down the line. Well,
0: and Taylor and Pursun are going to fight in the Matchroom Fight Camp series at the end of August, August 22nd. So that it's all setting it, That's the following week. It's all setting those fights uh, into motion. Okay, at the risk of starting a 10-minute argument, which we don't have 10 more minutes with Keith Idick and with Marquise Johns to do this. Understand for the audience, these guys know this, but for the audience, understand where I'm coming from. I'm a married man. I got identical 12-year-old girls the dog is even a female in my house. I live with nothing but females. (laughs) I am a women's rights guy through and through. But you guys both said the same thing that drives me crazy. If Cecilia wins this fight, she is setting a women's boxing record and she continues to set it. What Joe Lewis did was in men's boxing. And I equate this to when all the debate was going about the UConn women's basketball team winning their 89th game in a row and people kept saying they're breaking UC CLA's record with an 89th win in a row, and I kept saying, add to that in women's basketball. It's a different sport than men's basketball. Distinguishing between the two, so I, I again, I'm not being chauvinistic. I'm saying just be specific. Because it's not the same thing, for example, as the 100-meter dash. You run 100 meters however fast. You break the record. You break the record male, female, or or if a cheetah was to run, run faster. It's 100 meters. <laughs> the same thing with swimming in a straight line on, on the 50 meters or the 100 meters. If it's the same, it's the same. A golf course from the same tees with the same co- – okay, women's boxing, men's boxing, there's a distinguishment between the two. Keith talked about talent pool. You also have two-minute rounds instead of three-minute rounds. I just can't go along with she's breaking Joe Lewis's record. It's not chauvinistic. It's just more or less semantics. Is that fair? Keith, am I being unfair? I need you to, to help me if I'm being unfair.
4: I don't think you're being unfair because there there are distinctions to be made between women's boxing and men's boxing, particularly that you know women's boxing wasn't even a thing 35 years ago. So. Right. Uh, Uh It it was technically it was, but I mean, you know, it was not at the forefront uh, by any stretch of the imagination. So yeah, I I think you're in some ways comparing apples to oranges, but, but technically she is making her 26th consecutive title defense. But, but I I have no problem differentiating between women's and men's boxing. But uh, again, I just don't want to diminish what she's done in her realm. Uh, But I, but I don't think, as I mentioned before, that it's the same as Joe Lewis defending, You know, because remember too, TJ, you know, boxing was such a more prominent sport in the United States back then as it than it is now. And, you know, the heavyweight champion of the world was the biggest, arguably the biggest sports star in the world. Correct. You know, it was there was a lot of pressure on Joe Lewis that there was not on Cecilia Bracus. That's
0: a that's a fair point. Marquise, one final thought on that before we all jump and get out of here.
3: Absolutely. Just wish that they had a better playing field for women's boxing, just as a whole. Once the talent pool gets better with women's boxing, we'll be able to compare these arguments a little more better. But until then, we're, we're going to have to, we're going to, have to differ, differentiate just as a whole. Yes, and
0: before people come bombarding at me again, it's not that it's not a tremendous accomplishment. We may never, Keith and Marquise, we agree, we may never see a women's boxer with 26 consecutive title defenses, as you said, Keith, over about a 10-year period ever again. It's amazing to be that dominant. I mean, we all agree, right? No, I Mm -hmm.
4: wholeheartedly agree. And to stay in the same weight class, which for men is extremely difficult, to stay in the same weight class for that period of time is is a remarkable accomplishment in itself.
0: Yep. And she's getting the headline on the DAZN Matchroom show for Saturday night, August 15th. we got to get out of here for this edition of the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Keith Eidick, senior writer of uh, BoxingScene.com, keep up the great work. Thank you for hopping on the podcast with us. We really do appreciate it, sir.
4: Oh, my pleasure, guys. I'm glad you have me.
0: Marquise John, senior writer, bigfightweekend.com. Thank you, my friend. I always appreciate having you on the podcast as well. We want people to keep reading the site and keep following us along. Follow you at Week Sauce Radio. Follow the uh, site at bigfightweekend.com. Thank you, Marquise.
3: Thank you, TJ. And just like me winning the lotto, uh, Frank Warren, Eddie Heard, Supercard, not so much.
0: Yeah, not yet. We haven't seen that yet over in Europe where those two get together. I am merely TJ Reeves. My thanks also to Otto Valin and our friends, by the way, with Showtime and PBC for uh, setting up that interview and that conversation with us earlier in the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you find them at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc. Uh, And again, go check out the site, BigFightWeekend.com. For Keith and Marquise, I am merely TJ. Thank you for being with us on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Until next time, bye.